Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Other Scopes, a Schneider Electric podcast where the idea is to look at sustainability not so much from a business perspective that we are used to as sustainability consultants, but rather from an everyday life angle. So, for instance, look at topics like arts or sports or the music industry, which happen to be the subject of our first episode. And if I am saying we, then I mean my great colleague, Wanda Scherisch, who is working as a sustainability expert in the Schneider Electric office in Budapest. Wanda, thanks so much for joining. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Moritz. Uh, and please then welcome my colleague, Moritz uh, Scholz, uh, who is also working with me as a sustainability expert. And the topic today is uh, fashion. And since it's uh, such a wide field, uh, we thought of why not concentrating on one particular piece, uh, an iconic piece, actually, which is the jeans. And who would be the best uh, invitee or the best company to introduce this uh, this topic than Genealogia, a company which is situated in the east of Spain, uh, in Valencia. And we are very happy to welcome our invitee, Begonia Garcia from Genealogia, who is going to walk us through the topic and introduce herself and the company. Thanks for uh, inviting us to this great initiative to know about you know, sustainability aspects of different industries. We are, as you mentioned, focused on the textile finishing and fashion finishing, and more particularly to the garment finishing industry, where the king of the category is uh, the jeans. I'm Begoña Garcia, representing today Genealogia. I work as a product manager for the company and I joined 27 years ago the company, awesome. so all my career. Thanks so much for being with us today. And um, I think before we dig deeper into uh, Genealogia, sustainability of genes, but also your personal background, I think there's no better way to kick this up than with uh, some little math. Yesterday, um, I went to the office and I tried to figure out how many colleagues were actually wearing jeans, which was um, sometimes a bit socially awkward because, I mean, you just go there and you look and is it, is it the jeans? Is it the chino? Is it something else? But never mind. So in the end, I came up with 67 persons wearing jeans. Um, and I just quickly wanted to ask you, how many liters of water would this represent? So for every jeans we produce, average water that it's used just to finish one pair of jeans, it's around 45 liters per jeans produced. So imagine the quantity of liters that are used to produce the 3,000 millions of jeans that are produced every year. With your technology or without your technology, the 45 liters? The, the 45 liters is average consumption, right? When we talk about a gene produced, introducing genealogy technologies, we can reduce the quantity down to one liter of water. That is a very big difference between the 45 and one. Um, I think we can all agree that that's a very big impact that genes have on our water footprint. And uh, I was wondering where exactly does a gene or when exactly the production is using this water? The manufacturing process of a pair of genes starts with the growing of the cotton, right? So in here is where 
a lot of resources are used, water resources are used. Once we have the fiber and we are not considering the agricultural side of the production, once we have the, the cotton, the cotton is made, uh, the fiber is made into uh, a thread, right? Then after the thread is done, we, we dye part of the thread of a pair of jeans. And, the, and one part of the of the thread remains white, right? And then we build the uh, we weave the the fabric, right? And once the fabric is weaved, we are able to cut and sew one garment. The moment we have this garment finished, it do not have a nice look. It do, it does not look like a you know wear pair of jeans. It does not uh, it is not comfortable because it's, it is not soft. And so it goes to a process of garment finishing. This is the last step of the production before for going into the shop. Synology is the expertise and the main technologies that we supply and the, the main solutions that we are giving is on this part of the manufacturing process. That, that's great. I think uh, there's a very nice way to leaning in my next question about uh, what kind of solutions Genealogia offers. What are these technological solutions that can reduce this water impact? So we have different solutions for different kind of processes. The first to start with is a, a laser to decolorize locally a garment to make it look like a vintage garment. You probably on the 70 or 67 jeans that you analyzed yesterday, probably part of these jeans had one area, right? What it, what we call the used part or the whisker part, which, which make them look like, you know, worn for a long time, right? So this part traditionally is done by sun handling a garment by garment or using very toxic chemicals like potassium permanganate. The laser is replacing all this technology and giving, you know, a great opportunity for first time reduction. Second, of course, you know, water and water reduction as well, but mainly is replacing operation that has a, a big impact in the worker's health. Why? Because all these manual operations and breathing this toxic chemical might lead to worker health problems, right? So uh, laser is addressing this issue. Then we have a set of solutions that are addressed to reduce water in the wet processing, commonly known in the language of the industry, which is this area that everyone knows the stone wash, for instance, it's really the garments are washed with the stones. But these processes are always associated to huge quantity of chemicals, a lot of energy that is required to heat the water to reach the right temperature. Mm -hmm. So with these technologies, we are addressing these problems, water consumption, energy consumption, and eliminating all the, the more harmful chemicals. Okay, these solutions are ozone-based, and I always say, I don't know how we have been able to live so long without ozone in a laundry, because this is the best alleate to reduce water consumption in the laundry. And in addition to that, we have created a technology that is called eFlow, which is based on the creation of nanobubbles. So this technology, what it's doing is using, instead of water as a carrier of the chemicals that we need to create these different effects, we use air, microbubbles of air. So that is really reducing the quantity of water that is required to give certain performance to the final product and looks as well. In addition to that, we have created what we call H20. And this system takes the water that comes from the washing processes 
we clean it also with an ozone process so that we have water that is ready to go back into the system, creating a water closed loop cycle which allow us to use the same water for days and months. I would nevertheless have a follow-up question on this, and I will quickly draw a sort of similarity with another industry we've been working in, which was the steel industry. And uh, I once had a very interesting uh, discussion about it when it comes to recycled steel, which is um, kind of from a scope perspective. So we are always thinking the scope one, two, and three is kind of in a way, okay, you take this recycled steel, which has already been extracted, so it draws down your scope three emissions. But on the other hand, it is energy intensive to kind of recycle it, which then draws up the scope two, because it's like also like the scope one. Um, would something similar happen with your product so that we could say, okay, we save this water, but on the other hand, we would need more energy to treat the garments? Let's say that we are in a compensation situation. We use energy to run the machines, and here we will reduce the running times because we are shortening the processes time in order to get the same aspects and the same look. But the areas where we use more energy is heating the water and drying the garments. But we are using wide less water. That means that energy necessary for heating the water, it's considerably reduced. And in terms of overall processes, going from using a heating energy to an electrical energy also opens the possibilities, you know, to reduce the impact by using alternative energy sources. Okay, so if I want to summarize it, it's not only that using genealogy technology does not bring up your energy consumption, but it also opens the possibility to have your energy covered by renewables, right? Exactly. And also we don't have to forget that the textile are produced in very specific countries, right? And these countries are places with traditional a lot of sun. So uh, the possibilities there are even higher than than uh, in other countries. And they are already doing a lot of, of these different solutions. Do you also accompany your clients with a sort of full package that you say, look, we, we not only giving you the machines, but we also come with a solution like to connect it to solar panels, to connect it to other sort of renewable energies. So is there something you could think of? This is not really the scope of Genealogy. Really, our scope is to implement our technologies and very important, accompany our customers to make a good use of the technology, right? So how to integrate this technology into their traditional processes so that they can shift from one production model to a different production model without, you know, um, people is not able to change from day to night. So this is a, this is a journey. So we are accompanying them, helping them to take the most of the technologies in the production sites. And now that you mentioned uh, technology, if you could just uh, elaborate a little bit on how the idea of garment finishing and um, especially the topic of jeans came up. And also if you can walk us through uh, how you are uh, collaborating with your clients. 
So, Dinologia was born as a consultancy company, right? And our consultancy was technical consultancy to help finishers to improve their processes. And so if we wanted to move forward and increase this optimization of processes, thinking on using less water, less energy, and not damaging the health of the workers, right? This is how we started with the laser and how we follow with the, the other technologies that I, that I mentioned before. But to decide what can we uh, suggest to our customers in order to be able to reduce the impact and accomplish our mission, we wanted something that helped us to measure water in the same way, measure energy in the same way, measure the uh, worker impact in the same way, right? This was around 2000, 2002, and we didn't find any system or any tool that helped us to do that. So we create our own one. So we create a system that allows us to measure the environmental impact of the processes that we were applying in every single garment, right? Garment by garment. So we created this as an internal tool for to drive our R&D. And then we realized that it was a great tool to improve, to motivate our teams as well, right? So the product development team was not just being worried about creating a nice garment, but they were also worried about creating a nice garment with a low impact. So we decided why we don't put this into the hands of the industry, even though they do not have the genealogy technologies, right? Because at the end of the day, having tools to understand where we are is the best part to make targets. And you know very much about what I'm talking about because mm -hmm. you are dedicated to that, right? So mm -hmm. uh, where I am, where I want to go, and what are the uh, actions that I can take to create that, right? So this, it was around 2009, you know, that we opened this tool to the rest of the industry. This, this tool is called EIM, Environmental Impact Measuring mm -hmm. System, right? So H&M was one of the pioneers on using, on using this tool. This happens, I think it was in 2012. And from then, the, the EIM tool has grown considerably and has become a standard, right? Many other brands are using the EIM as a tool to quantify the water, the energy, how the chemicals we are using and uh, mm -hmm. worker impact. But once we have this quantification, right, uh, the system directly compares this against um, standards, right? So uh, against mm -hmm. average of the industry. And so this allows us to classify one process as a process of low impact, medium impact, or high impact, which is great from a you know, business to business perspective, right? Because you know that this garment looks perfect, but maybe the impact is very high. So you can take decisions based on that, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also a great tool to inform the final consumer as well. When you say final user, are you referring here to the companies who are selling the jeans or, or any person who go in, goes into a store and wants to buy yeah, the jeans? The, the final consumer, I mean, okay. the one that is final, going final. to a shop and buying a, a garment, right, which is more and more conscious about, you know, the environmental impact of every product they consume, right? And having this information, it's also good for them right to knowing nothing about the manufacturing of a textile but knowing about the impact that this garment is generating which at the end of the day this is part of the target of the european union mm -hmm. right and for um, me as a consumer it's great to know you know or to take decisions also based 
on this impact, right? Yeah, but um, for example, I'm just going to share my anecdote from like two weeks ago. I just uh, went to a store and I wanted to buy jeans. And now you mentioned that uh, the consumer is uh, more conscious. We want to obviously uh, buy uh, more sustainable, greener garments. But how do I see this information? If we think of the European regulations, they are seeking from a digital passport. And a digital mm -hmm. passport at the end is information on what are the resources required in every single step of the manufacturing process. But it's not necessary to wait until that moment, right? You already have some retailers and some brands that are giving this information through attack. So where they are informing about the characteristics of the fibers, about the characteristics of the process, that they are doing and you know if this is you know using less water or using less energy right so you have to read labels at that point right in the okay. future you will be able to read a qr so if we are able to create like EIMs for every single part of the supply chain and we are able to put this together, that would be very easy for the final consumer to look at and to understand about the uh, environmental impact of the products they, they buy from a, from a retailer or from a brand or Maybe following up on this, um, because uh, digitalization, which of course is like um, a huge, uh, not only in sustainability, but everywhere. Is this also something where uh, Genealogia is working in? Because I'm seeing you on, on the website as well, you're talking a lot of uh, digital solutions. <clears throat> you, you're mentioning, for yeah. instance, this digital wash. Yeah. So digitalization is the key because we are trying to digitalize all the different parts of the process. When we talk about environmental finishing, we use a software which it's filled by the supplier, but it's a tool that guide you. At the end, the information is digitalized. Uh, and, and also, you know, to compile with the new coming legislation. So this is one part of the digitalization of the process, but it, at the very end, right? So when the product is already is already made. During the fabrication and the manufacturing part of the creation of a product, there is the need to digitalize the processes. And there is the need to digitalize also the design. You know, one of the areas as well in the manufacturing side where you use a lot of resources, right? And it's the part where no one is really focusing because apparently it has not such a big impact, but it's also an area that it needs to be addressed industry-wise, right? So uh, from the designers to the, the manufacturing side, the communication between the designers and the producers, there is a big trial and error, right? So there are a lot of samples being submitted and then the sample, well, this is not the right color, this is not the right pattern, this is not the right fit, right? So then you know, there's a correction and then the the manufacturer does the correction and deliver a new sample, right? So this process can happen even six times for each product, right? So imagine the number of garments that are flying from one place to the other, because normally the decision centers are far away from the production center. So uh, the, there is a big number of samples flying from one place to the other uh, until we have the final you know, garment to be sold, right? So if we are able to make a digital design, there would be necessary only one piece of these garments to be approved, right? Because everything else happens in a digital way. And, and this is part also of the solutions that we are trying to offer to our customers, which is this digital wash that you have seen in our webpage, right? Where we are able to uh, work the product 
at a digital stage and once we are happy with the final result, then we can go and produce the sample to be approved with the correct size, with the correct fit, with the correct finishing, with the correct color, with everything that mm -hmm. makes this garment, uh, you know, good to be sold. Yeah. Also in a digital way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think listening to the answers, uh, we can kind of conclude that digitalization is the key <laughs> to making um, garments more sustainable in, you know, improve the processes, make them more efficient technologies, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is that is the case, right? And this digital world, I mean, we have been working for a long, long time, right? In 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 being able to visualize really, you know, what the pro the final product would look look like, right? In a industry that we are used to touch, to feel, right? Because at the end, the textile is not only what you see; it's also when you are wearing it, what you feel, you know, the softness, the the comfort. So there is a lot of sensations there that are not possible to digitize right so but you know we need to use this tool as as much as we can keeping you know the idea of there is a still the need to see the product touch the product feel the product but you know all the process before that can be transformed into into a digital product that's kind of an, another interesting aspect that you just mentioned then because you're on a kind of intersection at two very different worlds, which is on the one hand, uh, the, the engineering, and on the other hand, you are working in this, in this high fashion industry. So when we talk about the people you are kind of looking for as, as employees, what type would this be? Would this be really like an, an engineer who is interested in fashion? Uh, I mean, I think this is one of the, you know, clear success of Genealogia, right? That we are putting together cre creative people, right? Creative in terms of, of product design and that knows about fashion that has, you know, and this is, I think it's the characteristic of every genealogy is passionate about what they do, right? And in the other hand, we have engineers that are able to listen to the needs of these people and transforming into tools that help to achieve the, you know, the goals of the of the designer. So the engineers do not necessarily need to know about a fashion. They just need to understand what the designers are asking them for. Yeah. So putting together mm -hmm. technology and fashion is, you know, really the, the the success of of genealogy yeah i think uh, during our conversation we have talked a lot about the water intensity the energy intensity all in all the impact that uh, genes have during their production but i was dying to ask what happens at the end of the life of uh, genes there are a lot of initiatives in the industry that looks for, you know, taking these garments to be built back into fabric, but also as a raw material, right, for other industries. Like, for instance, we, there is there is a nice project with one company that is taking all these in for the construction. So it's a great insulation uh, material. So you can take these jeans and transform, it, transform them into something different, right? So there is great, great number of, of solutions for that. Uh, but, you know, what happened with all these garments that are never even bought for anyone, right? Because oh, yeah. for many, many different reasons, right? Not the right color, not the right fit, not right. So this is one of the solutions that Dinologia 
technologies, you know, are perfect for, right? So taking those genes that uh, have never been sold and transforming into something different. But also, you know, we can even go further and even create new production models, right? So imagine that, you know, as a consumer, you are building your own genes. And then these genes are produced right after you have defined your genes. So that could solve one very big problem of overproduction. How we need to deal with this overproduction, you know, is not the answer. The answer probably is how we do not to create overproduction. So there is, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, opportunities for new business models, uh, new production models, new ways of shopping as well. So uh, new ways of designing. Maybe jumping in, talking now about opportunities. Um, and uh, you, you've mentioned this before as well, uh, European legislation. Um, I would have a question if you... Uh, also see a huge opportunity in there um, and if you already feel it i'm thinking particularly of uh, an upcoming legislation which would be the the csrd and the csdd which um, explicitly look uh, not only at uh, ghd emissions but also at other aspects among them uh, water and and waste and they want to go deep into the value chain so kind of like to um motivate and incentivize companies to also reduce uh, emissions, reduce water, uh, reduce waste in their value chain. Do you feel the impact of uh, this this upcoming legislation? Um, you know, the legislations are obviously necessary and are really addressing the, the, the manufacturing sites to, you know, more sustainable finishing and more sustainable production models. But in, in the textile industry, this came a little bit before. You know, for the last 10 years, there has been a growing interest in brands and retailers, you know, to produce, to have garments that are producing more sustainable ways. And this has, you know, created also a great consciousness between the, the supply chains. So I think that uh, in the, in, in this area of that, of, of the textiles, we are really advance on that, right, with companies that are not starting to think, but that they are already committed to, you know, um, do the necessary to, to produce with, with, with less impact. So the, the legislation will help to accelerate what has already started. But I really think that in, in, in this part of the manufacturing uh, part, we 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 have been talking about this for many many years and is 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 you know it's kind of uh, uh a no return um can do, do you remind when this or if there was suddenly a big shift that happened in the fashion industry regarding sustainability not remember exactly the date yeah but i can tell you for instance my own story right uh, when we launched the eim Right. In I think it was in 2012, we made a big fashion show where most of the denim players were were going. Right. So we were presenting this. It was a huge interest. Right. So the people were saying, ah, great thing. Great tool. OK, <laughs> bye. Thanks for uh, showing to me. <laughs> so it was kind of uh, we were you know presenting a product that uh, it was creating interest, but no one was, you know, ready to go for it right so it was okay okay great job you know 
but uh, there was not really an, an interest. In the last 10 years, I would say, in the last 10 years has, you know, the, the, the interest has grown quite a lot, right? So uh, there has been movements all around everything related to textile, water, chemical. There is a big revolution on, on the chemical side, energy, um, uh, water processes, fibers, you know, there is a lot of things going on and, and many things that, that are happening that we as a consumers don't really see, but that they're they are out there, right? And the companies are working on because, you know, there is a great uh, need. I would say it's not just, you know, an interest or it's not a commitment only, it's a need, right? So I, I feel now is a need for everyone to produce um, in a more sustainable way. And this is, you know, the, you, you can see this growing inter this growing need, right? In the last 10 years, I would say. Okay, on, on that note, I think we've talked about the past 30 years and the growing need of uh, more sustainability action and aspects and being more conscious uh, when we are uh, shopping. I think you mentioned the new ways of shopping. Uh, so on that note, what, what would be your lookout for the future, for let's say the, the next um, 10, uh, 20, 30 years? Because um, as our job allows us to see, most of these sustainability targets are going until near term, so 2030 or long term, so uh, 2040 or 2050. Do you have a high level forecast or look out for the future in terms of sustainability and the need or genes? Mm -hmm. We have ourselves created, you know, our mission, right? And and our target is to have a great impact in 2025, right? So and we have our, our mission zero, right? Which is dehydrate and detoxicate the, the jeans production industry, mm -hmm. making possible that every jeans in the planet is produced with one liter of water, right? And as a future trend, and a way to really reduce or address all these sustainability problems, which are not just related with the resources that we use in the production, but also, as I mentioned before, the quantity of garments that are never sold, right? So that uh, will be the uh, on-demand production, which mm -hmm. the technology will make possible. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I really like the word uh, dehydration because it's not something I would have thought of uh, when it comes to garments, but it's, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Now that we've coming towards the end of our uh, conversation, I wanted to really ask a, a bonus question as a jeans owner. So how can I take care of jeans at home properly? So what do I do to, you know, uh, preserve it for a longer time, uh, contain its color? let alone not shrink it while I'm washing it or dyeing other garments while I'm washing it. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any suggestion for the end user from Genealogia's side? Uh, well, you know, there is there's not Genealogia who is saying this, but you know, the big gurus of denim, right? So you don't need to wash your jeans, ah, right? Okay. So <laughs> that is one point, right? And the reason why, why we wash a garment are many different, right? One is because, you know, because of the smell, because of the of, of, of the stains, right? Stains in jeans are beautiful, right? In <laughs> fact, you know, sometimes we are recreating some of the stains from the manufacturing side because this is giving character to the jeans, right? 
But really, you know, it, it is not necessary to wash every day uh, mm-hmm. your jeans. This is part of the beauty of the product, right? That they will uh, get older together with you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you are going to transfer to your jeans your character. That's, that's very funny that you said it because um, before our podcast, we've been looking into jeans and how to clean them. And we also found the urban legend of freezing jeans yes. <laughs> instead of washing them. So I'm not sure if uh, I would feel comfortable putting my jeans into the freezer, <laughs> but definitely giving it uh, less wash uh, could, you know, prolong its lifetime. I agree. Yes, for sure. You know, in in the in the life cycle assessment mm. of uh, different genes, one area where uh, you know we spend more is in the in the domestic care. Right, so yeah. reduce the times you you wash your jeans. You are already you know creating a positive impact on that. So so maybe uh, finishing off, uh, I my my main takeaway then for from today is that even myself as an end user can make conscious decisions to purchase uh, first to purchase greener uh, jeans if i am uh, you know informed by its label of you know the impact on water on the energy intensity on the climate etc but i can also take care of the jeans reducing its um, impact during its life cycle at home so Absolutely. And thanks again, Begonia, for being here with us. Um, it was really like a pleasure. I think it was very interesting. Uh, and I think it's a very interesting concept that you're doing at Genealogia. Uh, very nice to that you that you introduced us to us. And I hope you will reach this target of one liter per jeans. And um, now I think I personally will look at uh, my jeans are a bit different and uh yeah <laughs> Thank you. That, that's that's often what happened you would never buy a pair of jeans as you have done up, up, up until now <laughs> no no absolutely and I, I really i really think i, I will not so uh, and i'm uh, really happy for this yeah uh, it's, it's not only ourselves then uh it's our you know listeners as well so hopefully this podcast serves to the purpose of informing uh, the listeners about the impact of genes and it won't only be moritz and myself being more conscious about our garments at home but also the the listeners so thank you for sharing all the information uh, begonia today Welcome has been really a great pleasure to be here with you.